I'm Neil Wilkins, and welcome to The Mindful Living Show. But we're seeing more and more um, reliance, we're seeing more and more importance put on the topic of marketing and communications, because we have to get this thing right. Um, marketing in itself right here right now is one of the hot topics um, it's been something that has been you know active obviously for for many many decades um, in commercial world but now in the world that we're living in uh, where people are looking much more critically at what we provide they're looking for your green credentials they're looking for how you manage and pave with your people and your suppliers and your business partners there's a lot more um, sort of you know close looking if you like and there's a lot more deep diving into you as a person you as a business you as a brand so we have to get this thing right and so what we're going to be looking at in this session and the following session on the 3rd of September professionalism in marketing we're looking at how we can position ourselves appropriately to the world and of course this is vitally important as we try to both beat the competition but also provide great value to those who we are serving in a commercial sense so let's get on with this one then. I know obviously um, the style of these uh, webinars is that we don't dwell um, and just chat a lot of blurb. We try to get right to the heart of the matter. So um, this one is going to be no different. We're going to start with the definition. What is professional networking? Um, well, there's loads of different definitions of, of networking, but I like to try and keep this simple because in essence, it really is a simple um, prospect that we're looking at here when we try to represent our organizations and it's um, networking is the process of establishing a mutually beneficial relationship with other business people and potential clients or customers okay so there's a few little clues in here mutually beneficial when people think of networking they might think of a business breakfast they might think of standing on stage they might think of attending a conference and you know working the room and generally what they're thinking of is what's in it for me now that is not best practice in professional networking it's networking but it's not best practice in professional networking so as we go through this session you'll see that this is about mutual beneficial relationships this is about actually crafting conversations and a relationship that actually can be seen from both sides as a win-win this is professional networking and i'll explain some of the things that you can do some of the little tips that you know what we might term power networkers would use really successfully both in a virtual sense when they're online but also obviously in a physical sense now as a lot of communities and forums and business networks are beginning to open up again so that's a starting point this whole kind of idea of being a mutually beneficial relationship so this is not about selling and in lots of ways you could argue well this isn't really about marketing but it is about true authentic communications so we're going to explore kind of how we move that forward as we go through this session now i've got a little um sort of personal um I guess you could call it definition, but it's more of a statement as to what I think professional networking is. And I see it as omni-channel, and um, that's a phrase that is used in retail world for being something that cuts across all channels. So this isn't a sort of a one shape. It's not just a, I go to a networking group or I go to my local city um, sort of marketing meetup or whatever, and so I'm now a networker. This is now omni-channel. In other words, it cuts across all of the channels of communication that you use um, both either proactively or reactively and so what we need to do is exhibit effective networking skills 
and the um, example is effective networking skills um, in online meetings, um, in forums, as well as obviously in face-to-face -face, um, encounters in the real world. So this is everywhere. So professional networking and the skills that we're going to be talking about here and the behaviours that we're going to be encouraging you to try out if you don't do these already are things that you can use in every encounter. These skills are useful when you're in a sales situation. These skills are useful when you're talking internally um, with um, peers and colleagues, maybe in other disciplines within your organisation. These skills are really useful when you're talking to business partners. They might be wholesalers, retailers, and they might be agents of yours. You know, this idea about professional networking is all about being open, true and honest in your communication and really understanding kind of the perspective of the other person or the audience that you're presenting to. This is professional networking. So it's there, it's switched on at every moment. This isn't the business breakfast that you go to once a month and you think, hey, I've done my networking and I'm going to go back to doing the day job. This is happening all the time, whether you like it or not. You are networking. So the skills and the things that we're going to cover are things that you can actually put into practice pretty much every day, all the time. If you're in any kind of customer or um, partner relationship building uh, role, marketing role, sales role, business development role, growth role, this is going to be a set of skills and a set of ideas that you're going to be put into, able to put into practice wherever you are. So let's make a little list here, the places where we can network and where we can see these things coming to fruition. Now, I guess some of these are a little bit more obvious because these are going to be places and, and um, opportunities that you might naturally think of. So you go to uh, maybe a, a business community that you're part of, and now um, these are beginning to open up again. So they're face-to-face -face opportunities to mingle over a coffee. Uh, maybe you have a, a speaker at your um, business community, uh, and it might be that you're part of a um, specific discipline. So if you're an accountant, this could be an accountancy meetup, if you're a marketer, marketing meetup, or it could be across particular industries. So if you're in financial services, there will be financial services, networking opportunities where multidiscipline people come together. But um, of course, that is just one option here for you. Um, typically, if you're in a small or medium-sized business, you may have encountered some networking breakfast groups. Um, these have been really popular over the last couple of decades. Um, some of them are really formal, some of them are informal. Um, we're also seeing this happening now significantly in um, the online events that a lot of us have been attending over the last um, 18 months or so, and particularly where we see breakout rooms. A lot of uh, these events, you know, tend to sort of say, come along with your coffee or your breakfast or your lunch, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll actually have a little bit of a networking opportunity at the start of the Zoom call and uh, we'll put you into breakout rooms and the skills and the behaviours that I'm going to encourage you to, to think about can be applied to those as equally effectively. Um, you know, I've explored and played with a lot of these options and I found that they work just as well in breakout rooms online, in Zoom and the equivalent, as well as they do in face-to-face. -face. And in some cases, for some of us, actually they can work better. We're also seeing blended conferences, blended events where there is an audience actually in the room and they're networking as the slide shows, a little visual here of a, of a networking uh, pre-conference. But there's actually a blended approach from the organiser. And again, if you're organising events and conferences, you may well be thinking about this if you haven't already done it. So blending an online audience who are viewing the conference digitally 
um, uh, obviously and virtually away from the actual event as well as those in the room. Now what you typically find is that those blended conferences, they will put into silos the audience who are there in the, in the event and also then the audience who are there um, virtually. So we're seeing a networking opportunity coming through from there as well. And don't forget, this can be also done in a social or leisure setting. You know, we can be networking if you play golf, you can be networking at the golf club if you have a particular, you know, sort of special interest as a hobby or something like that, and you're going to groups there. People often say, you know, if you're meeting them early in that relationship, so what do you do? And this can be an opportunity to use these skills and maybe a slightly safer and more gentle opportunity to use and practice some of these skills that we're going to cover in this webinar in that setting, rather than doing it necessarily in a slightly more pressurized environment commercially. So think about the places that you can actually do this networking. And to be honest, every single customer or stakeholder interaction is an opportunity to practice these things. So I've kind of built it up a little bit here as being it's like everywhere, um, it's every time, it's every opportunity, and it's pretty much every day. So what are we actually going to be doing then? When we talk about this networking thing, we've said, well, it's, you know, it's kind of omni-channel, it's everywhere. We know it's about exhibiting good skills, um, authentic and true. But what do we actually mean? This is, a lot of this could be sort of seen as a little bit of hot air. So kind of let's get down to detail here. Let's kind of create something that we can actually use when we're networking. So for me, the first point in um, the um, exercise really then is to kind of going in prepared. Because if you if you go into some of these events and some of these things, and you will meet people if you've done this, and they're kind of standing there with their coffee, looking a little bit lost, and it's because they haven't prepared. It's because they haven't done the homework, they haven't prepared themselves. So we need to do this first and you don't want to be one of those people. You want to be in there proactively getting great value from this experience. So the first thing you can think about is your elevator pitch. Now you've probably come across this phrase, but if you haven't, an elevator pitch is the pitch that you would do to somebody who you want to engage with if you were in an elevator going maybe between the second and 14th floor in a, a large skyscraper or large um, office um, complex so you haven't got long you've probably only got about 30 seconds to hook their attention and to secure some kind of engagement with them in other words this is a short very very punchy very snappy moment in time where you can share proudly, hopefully, and um, passionately or excitedly, the message that you have to share. This is your elevator pitch. You've only got 30 seconds because the elevator doors then open and the person is gone. And that is the way to think about networking. It's little moments of bite-sized opportunities, okay, that are all bundled together into this kind of myriad of communication experience. So we need to clarify what it is we're gonna do when our moment arrives. In other words, you join in maybe a face-to-face -face meeting, you join up with a little group of uh, three, four people who are already standing there having a bit of a chat and you enter the scene and they all turn to look at you. And rather than just standing there like a little bunny in headlights thinking, oh my God, they're all looking at me. What do I do next? Now is your opportunity for your elevator pitch when they say, oh, so, so who are you? Welcome to you know, the event today, who, who are you? And you want that 30 seconds to absolutely hit the mark. Power networkers hit this first time every time. So this is really important. So now we know what an elevator pitch is, how can we actually create one? 
Well, I'm going to take you through a little um, sort of step by step, six steps. It's not complicated to do, but this probably will take you a little bit of time to do. But it comes with a very clear structure. And this is a structure that is proven worldwide, not just by me, uh, by many, many people who do a lot of networking. And this structure is very simple, but it hits the mark. And the key thing about it is, much as you would do in any kind of marketing communications, is actually once you get the, the message across, you're looking to get a call to action. You're looking to get a response from the other person, a change in behavior, clicking the button, an answering you know, sort of the question. You know, behaving in, a, in such a way that they respond to the call to action. That is what we do in marketing, is we're taking people through a sales funnel, for example. Well, this is the purpose of your elevator pitch. It's not just, hey, it's Neil, here I am. Somebody talk to me, please. Well, what kind of response would you get from that kind of you know, inert, reactive kind of approach? You wouldn't, clearly. So an elevator pitch is something that is assertive and clear and succinct, but also highly relevant to the audience. So the six steps are, step number one, my name is Neil Wilkins. Okay, be proud of who you are. You know, you're setting this assertive kind of, it's not about being cocky and overconfident, but you're setting an assertive, hi, I'm Neil Wilkins. Putting that stake in the ground, I'm here, I'm, and now you're listening to me, now I've got your attention, great. Well, my business is, and then you give you a business name. Or if you work for somebody, you can say, my name's Neil Wilkins, I work with, and again, so it's so, so simple, but you need to state that at the outset. And then the third point is, and I'm based in, or and I work from, this is really important because what you're starting to do here, so you said your name, you said the business or the organization that you represent and also where you're based. What you're looking to do here, this is a psychological process that's going through, is a little bit of neuro-linguistic programming, a bit of NLP coming in here. You're looking for little connection points. They're not necessarily gonna connect unless they've got the same surname as you, that's not a connection point, that's a statement. The second place is um, if they um, know who your business is, or even if they don't know who your business is, it's just a statement of who you're representing. In other words, you're not here on your own behalf, you're here to represent something or somebody. Okay, and that's fine. They won't probably even listen to that bit. Most of us forget names. But the next bit is critical. And I'm based in, or and I work in, or I'm from, and then you give the location. That's a key one because that could be the first subliminal hook into them. It's like, oh, well, I was born there or, oh, yeah, I used to work there. They might not say it, but it's going to be happening and you're going to get that initial psychological, psychological connection in their mind. So now you're starting to get, to get a little bit more attention. So that based in is really important to set it at an appropriate level for the kind of networking you're doing. If you're in a global conference, then you wouldn't say, oh, I'm from Bristol, because most people globally probably haven't heard of Bristol. But if you're in the UK, Bristol would be specific. If you're if you're at an event in Bristol, you might want to give the location within Bristol where you're based. Or if you're based in a little village outside of Bristol, you'd probably give the name of that little village because the people would know it. So think about the audience when you're pitching that geographic spin, make it appropriate. But that is critical. So I'm Neil Wilkins, my business is X, and I'm based in X. So now you've got their attention, okay? Then comes the next bit, which is really important. And this is the bit that inspires curiosity. 
can you come up with a little strap line, a single sentence that will really pique their interest such that they think, hmm, that's curious. Because now we've got to really sort of get into them in terms of their curiosity and their willingness really to engage with you and actually pay attention to you. This is critical because there's a thousand people in the room. So we want them thinking about you. So what little single sentence will give them some curiosity feeling about you? So mine is, I'm Neil Wilkins, my business is, I'm based in, and I've spent 30 years as an introvert in the most extrovert industry in the world. So think about that just for a minute. I've spent 30 years as an introvert in the most extrovert industry in the world. A bit curious, well, what does that mean? But if you think about some of those words, I've given quite a bit of information there without actually saying very much at all. The first thing I've said is, well, I spent 30 years. So instantly they know, oh, right, so you've got experience. They don't know what experience I've got, but they know I've got experience. So I spent 30 years doing something. And then I say, well, as an introvert in the most extrovert industry in the world. So then they might be thinking, right, he's an introvert. Well, is he? Because he seems quite confident. But of course, that's not the definition of introvert. But they might think it is. And then the most extrovert industry in the world. Well, OK, now you've got me thinking, what might that be? What kind of industry is that? Could be events. Yeah, probably his events could be music industry. That's pretty extrovert. Well, I'm talking about marketing, of course, because I spent 30 years in marketing and I'm a, a passionate introvert, um, which is not about being not shy and, and everything like that. It's about where I get my energy from. That's the definition of introversion is I get my energy from within rather than from the people around me. It's just the definition of introversion and extroversion. And of course, in the networking situation, if people say, so what do you mean? I can get into that conversation. And now we've got a conversation started. But I'm still in my elevator pitch. So I then move on to the value I would bring if you person listening to me or you group listening to me are interested in what you've heard so far. Now, of course, this isn't going to apply to everybody. Some people by this point have probably switched off. But for those people who are already still listening, I then hit them with point five, which is the value I'm going to bring. So my name is Neil Wilkins. My business is I'm based in, I've spent 30 years as an introvert in the most extrovert industry in the world, slight pause, and I mentor and support business people who are at a personal or professional crossroads, and I help them to find clarity and direction for themselves and their businesses. Now, at that point, people are then thinking, okay, so you're kind of a mentor, you're a consultant, you kind of do this. Okay, well, yeah, well, actually, we need something like that because we've got complete chaos where we are right now. So do you see what's happening? They are starting to get deeper and deeper and deeper into their psyche as to the relevance that you have to their world. So I'm not selling anything here. I'm just saying who I am, where I'm from, where I'm based, what I've done over a long period of time and kind of a little bit of what I do. No detail, I'm not selling them a product or service, I'm just saying this is what I do. But the key thing at the end of it, point six, is to say, and today I'm here to, and you answer that question. In other words, in that moment, you're making it very, very clear where your boundaries are. Okay, you're not just saying, hey, I'm Neil and I'm here to sell you my products and services or, hey, I'm just here just for the fun of it or, hey, I'm here because the coffee's great. Today, I'm here to 
find a person who works in this sector who's got this experience who can actually work with me or I'm here to find people who might want to be interviewed for my podcast or I'm here to get some referrals for um, a new business venture that I'm looking for or I'm here today to etc 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 so those six points will help you to create that scenario if you like that within those 30 seconds identifies clearly in the minds of those who are going to be interested in you an interest from their perspective so some people will have switched off and that is totally fine but those who are still interested are now really interested this is a great filter your elevator pitch is your filter you've said who you are where you're from where you're based a little bit of an interesting curiosity question or statement and then you've said the kinds of things that you do and actually why you're here today the clarity of that as an elevator pitch, believe me, is really, really powerful. This is how power networkers do it. They don't just rock up and kind of wing it. They might look like they do because they've done this so many times, but they're picking and mixing selectively from these six points. And of course, because it's a question that's been asked of you, so who are you? What do you do? You've got the invitation to give this pitch. And of course, it is only 30 seconds. That's the key thing here. And what you're trying to do is balance what you want to say with what your audience wants to hear. And this works one to one, it works one to a few, and it works one to many. And in lots of ways, you could do this if you were on the stage. I'll talk about being on the stage in a networking event in just a moment, but you could do this at any point in that process. And the key thing to really secure the attention of the people who now are engaged with you is to remember that credentials matter. OK, this isn't about saying, oh, and by the way, I've got this qualification. I'm Dr. Such and Such. I've got an MBA here. Oh, yes, I was, you know, Oxbridge educated and all those kinds of things. That's not what we're talking about here. Yes, certificates are important, but also the years that you've been doing this. The fact that you are part of maybe an award-winning organization, the fact that you might have written a book and it's a bestseller, all those little things, you've got to figure out the credentials that you have that support your elevator pitch. Remembering it's not what you want to say, but it's what they want to hear. And it might just be the one thing. I mean, you know, I've got I've got certifications, I've got you know qualifications and things, but I only use the 30 years experience just as a little kind of subtle throwaway thing. And that to me is my credentials. The fact I've been doing this for quite a long time now, and that surely, in your eyes, as the audience, must count for something. Now, of course, for some people it doesn't. They want to see the, the letters after the name. But for the people I'm trying to attract, possibly not. So it's about knowing your audience, it's about understanding what things will resonate. And how can I weave those into that structure that allows me within those 30 seconds to hook into the people who are going to be relevant to me? And of course, then the one person from that little group. And again, this works online as well. Remember, in these breakout groups, this works exactly the same. But of course, then in this one to one scenario, because one person has now said, oh, Neil, that's, that's really interesting you say that. Can I, can I just have a word with you? Can, can I, well, I'm sort of John and, you know, can, can I explain to you what I do, what I'm looking for? Because I think there could be something in this. So the one to one scenario, this kind of opening gambit of, you know, that awkward moment where, you know, you get this silence of people thinking, OK, that's who you are. Yeah, great. 
and then there's this awkward silence. So rather than kind of the, the sort of like, oh, um, do you come here often? You know, that awkward kind of traditional dating phrase that is an absolute fail, is often to put a question to, to the other person, say, well, okay, so why are you here today? You've already stated the boundary that you've got, you know, the requirement that you have for the valuable time that you're spending, because your time is valuable and so are the other people. So kind of why are you here today? might help you to understand some value that you can then bring in the conversation at the same time as show that you know you're actually respecting the fact that they're taking time out of their day too so it is about claiming the moment i mean if you're doing this in a zoom breakout for example um, pre-conference use the little hands up emoji to claim your moment you know most of the video conferencing and event platforms now have a chance in those kinds of scenarios for you to just put your hand up and say hi i'm ready to contribute or ask a question and if you do find it awkward to come forward and i have to admit I, at times i do you know certain numbers or sizes of groups i find really difficult one to a thousand is easy for me one to one is really really great and i enjoy but one to four or five as an introvert, as somebody who reflects, I find it hard to break into a conversation. So sometimes uh, an online um, scenario where you're networking online can actually work really quite nicely because you could just put a little virtual hand up and say, hey, I'd just like to take a moment now. And of course, you can claim your moment. This is networking. Everybody's time is valuable and everybody can you know, be part of this opening gambit. And as you enter this sort of early part of the networking conversation, so that maybe this person has come aside um, and said, look, I, I want to talk to you, Neil, because, um, you know, I think there could be something in this. I think it's worth us having a chat. You need to kind of understand what your natural speaking, listening balance is in this scenario. Now, of course, some people like to talk, don't they? We all know them, the people who like to think, oh, this is a networking meeting, great, so I can spend 99% of the time talking. I am a good listener, mind, but I'm gonna spend, you know, 99% of the time talking, I'll listen for 1%, but I will, I'll be a good listener in that 1%. That's not networking. That's somebody you wanna run away from and I'll explain how you remove yourself very, very quickly from those kinds of scenarios in a moment. What you wanna be doing is actually spending the right kind of balance here. So the speak, listen balance, for effective networkers is somewhere between 20 and 80%. So in other words, 20% speaking, 80% listening, and 40% speaking, 60% listening. So somewhere between you know, a heavy balance, 80-20 um, listening, and 60-40 listening. It's always skewed though to more listening than more speaking, okay? So even if you think, oh, I've got so many things I want to share with the world, rein yourself back in. You are entitled to have your moment if you think you're only worthy because the room is full of confident networkers and you're first timer, so you're a real newbie in this experience, you still are entitled to have your moment. So remember that. And of course, when actively listening, sorry, when listening, make sure you're actively listening. In other words, replay what the person has said. Just summarize the key points that they've said, you know, play back to them. So if I'm if I'm hearing you right, X, Y, and Z. So actually play back to them, make sure that you're reflecting back to them, that you really are giving them the attention. This is how you open up the conversation. And then making sure that you do strike that listening, speaking balance. You're still entitled to speak, remember, but make sure you spend more time in a networking event of whatever shape or guise, make sure you're spending significantly more time doing the listening rather than the actual speaking. 
And of course, then the conversation goes on. Now, if you're in the fortunate position that you've been invited to actually speak at this event, this networking um, thing, or maybe this conference online, if you're taking the stage, always invite post talk one-to-ones. Okay, so this is a great way, particularly if you're a little bit like me, quite introverted, and actually what you'd like is you know, people rather coming up to you rather than you going up to them, then this is a great way of doing it. If you can take the stage, then this is a great way because you will, and I've had it myself, not necessarily that my presentation was the greatest presentation ever, but some of the things I hooked into and the way that I actually invited some post-talk one-to-ones, I have actually been to a point where I've actually had a queue of people waiting to have one-to-ones with me. So I know this stuff works. And as I say, it's not because I'm bigging up my presentation skills. I just know that if you follow some of these tips, it's a great way of actually being the power networker, even if you don't feel that you are. You can also, if you're on the stage, you can also offer yourself to others who have blogs and podcasts. A lot of people are now using you know, their own uh, marketing content as a networking tool. So you can be um, offering yourself up and say, look, you know, I've, I've just done this thing, just got this white paper, or I've got this new product, or you know, I've, I've been doing some research in this area. That'd be really great to come onto your podcast. I've seen that you've got a podcast because I've done my homework and I knew you were gonna be here at this event. I'd be really interested in talking about you as to whether and talking to you as to whether you'd like to interview me and or do it the other way around. If you know there's somebody great in that networking um, opportunity, you go to them and you sort of say to you, look, done, done a little bit of background reading. Don't want it to sound a little bit too much like I was stalking you, but I kind of know you're into this particular topic. Would you be interested in a you know, a meeting um, to talk about or a conversation or a Zoom call to talk about actually coming on to my podcast? Because I'd like to share what you do because I, I think it's really valuable to my audience. So, again, other things that you can potentially offer, but also gain if you can take the stage and or if you feel that it's a relevant thing to be kind of integrating in with some of the content that you'll be producing. Now, of course, this is a much easier thing to do if you're already a thought leader. Previous um, session that we did was all about thought leadership. And we were looking at the various ways that you can use um, sort of thought leadership as part of the overall kind of brand position that you personally or your business has. Now, of course, you can use your thought leadership position here if you've crafted that. Even if you're new to this, you can position your thought leadership position within your networking um, strapline or your networking elevator pitch. So just remember that that is an opportunity to be able to maybe craft something around that rather than just be thinking about I'm here to represent my company and I can only talk about products and services. Well clearly that's a bit dull unless somebody's really really ready to buy which is unlikely. So think about that thought leadership. If you haven't seen or you weren't on the um, thought leadership webinar, I'd really encourage you to go and have a look at that because these two webinars are very closely linked in terms of the, the positioning of you as an individual or a business. So remember, you can bring thought leadership, that topic that you're passionate about, you can bring that into the mix as well. And so the conversation goes on. So you're in this networking scenario, you're with the person, you need to be watching for the signs, okay? And these are the signs for you as well as the signs for the other person. Watch for the buying signs. If somebody says, you know, I'm really interested in this, we need to catch up, I'd like to arrange a meeting. Do that deal, make sure that thing happens. Share your virtual, if you're online, or your physical, if you're in the real world, business card. Connect on LinkedIn in the moment. Say, look, 
it'd be really good if we could connect because I've got some stuff I need to send to you. Yes, you want the email details and you want to kind of share your contact information, but get that LinkedIn connection as well. Super important to do that. And of course, if you've done your attendee homework in advance, you know that you have got a number of people within the room, virtually or physically, who you want to be engaging with. And watch the signs of fatigue. If you're feeling that the conversation is drifting a little bit, I'll show you how to close the conversation in just a moment. But watch it from the other person as well. They might just be now feeling, well, it felt like it was the right person to talk to, but actually there's a room full of people here. It's not really for me. Watch the eye drift. Watch the look of, um, you know, checking the watch or something like that. Or, oh, should we go and um, get another coffee or something like that? You know, those signs, the obvious ones, the subtle ones where you just know the conversation is over. So watch out for those as you go, because, you know, it's, it's about being polite and, and working the room. So how do you close a, a conversation like that? So rather than actually then looking at your time, uh, looking at your watch and thinking, oh, sorry, um, is that the time? Oh, I really must you know, get on now. Because, of course, that would be pretty rude, really, because then what you've done is you've just told them, well, I'm not really respecting your time. And I've seen this next sentence, which I'm going to share with you, work beautifully. I, I was shadowing um, a lawyer um, in a, a particular networking uh, conference uh, a couple of years ago. It was about three years ago now. And um, he was a genius at actually closing conversations. And you could just see the looks on people's faces. They were so comfortable with the way that he did this. And it was a simple thing. All he said was, thank you for your time. I'm going to let you meet others now. And he just let, then moved away. He shook hands and he moved on. And what he'd done is he'd given the, the other person permission to leave, even though it was him instigating it. Because a lot of us, particularly if we're kind of quite empathic, we feel quite sensitive over closing a conversation. And if we've identified it as an unhelpful one, one that really is going nowhere, it's your responsibility if you've identified it to close it down. It's going to benefit the other person. And of course, it's OK to move on. This is networking. You know, if it doesn't feel right on either side, we can move on. But that phrase, thank you for your time. I'm going to let you meet others now just to me was just genius because it gave permission in a generous, appreciative, highly gratitude sensitive way to the other person. And what you can also do then, and this is the real icing on the cake, this makes people think, wow, that was a power network I just spoke to, is if you leave them with something helpful. So if you say to them, give me a business card because I've got something I need to send to you, it's a really interesting link. Or if it's, um, can I just actually put you in contact with this other person over here? Because I think actually the two of you leave them with something helpful and do that with every single connection. Be thinking as you're listening, what can I give? What can I do for this person? That is really important. And what you'll find probably is that referrals, further connections can come from these really surprising sources. That person who six months ago you met at an event and you thought it was a really, really dull conversation that was going nowhere, sometimes they can come back to you and actually say, Do you know, I was talking to this other person and I put them in contact with you because actually I think you could really help them. It's those kinds of moments where you think, oh my goodness, I followed the rules. I didn't just close the conversation and treat them with disrespect. I did it professionally. This is power networking. This is what it's all about. It is very much about the giving and not the taking. And of course, if everything has gone well and you've had a great connection, 
have a clear follow-up planned okay so you can say to the person as you close the conversation you say look i know you want to work the room this has been really great i do want to connect with you afterwards should we should we meet for coffee um can i send you a proposal should we have a, a zoom follow-up and actually i've got somebody else in my business who i'd really like to bring in to the conversation because i want to introduce you to this other person so have a clear follow-up planned also respect mutually convenient timing. If you're desperate for business, you're desperate to move this on, but you know the person's just told you they're away for a couple of weeks and they're heading off tomorrow morning, don't try and rush it. So establish mutually respectful time, mutually convenient time that actually works for the both of you. So this is about respect and gratitude. And always, if you can, again, networking, the clue is in the word networking, Offer to introduce them to somebody relevant that you know. You know, you know enough people to be able to introduce them to somebody who might benefit from them and they would benefit from them. So closing a good connection is quite a, it's obviously a comfortable and a very pleasant way. You feel like you've done a great job, but also closing unhelpful connections as well can also leave you with that feeling that, you know, this is time well spent. This is really good. So let's summarise then, before we get into the Q&A, we always have a little Q&A at the end of this. And uh, if you do have any questions that are kind of cropping up or if you've done something really good that you want to share, um, use the chat facility to um, sort of post your question there and Lauren will uh, um, open that up and um, sort of we'll, we'll see what questions we have. If you're watching this on catch up, if this is a recording that you're watching, uh, use the, uh, the message thread below this particular recording and uh, put questions in there and we'll see if we can answer them. But this is the power networker's best practice. This is the things that you need to be covering. So power networkers say their elevator pitch with ease. In other words, they practice it. They know the words off by heart and they change it over time. As their world changes, they update it. So making sure it's really relevant, it's current and it makes you look pretty informed and pretty on the ball. They say it with ease. They share their credentials appropriately without bragging. That is important. If you have every single qualification and uh, credential under the sun, it's probably best to be selective. Okay, you don't want to overpower the audience because then you can undermine them. You need to be meeting in a networking event on a peer-to-peer -peer kind of basis. Even if you feel that you're less qualified than the person you're talking to, meet them at their kind of level because in this network you are. They never sell. Power networkers never ever sell in their first encounter. It is not the purpose of networking. The purpose of networking is to demonstrate gratitude, grace and empathy. Really, really professional, high levels of professionalism. It's about giving and sharing content, information, connections without expecting anything in return. It's not about selling. I would never close and anybody who's a, a, a real power networker would also never close a conversation with, okay, and so can, you know, can I interest you in this? Can I send you a, you know, um, a sales form and um, you're gonna commit to this order? It would be all put off to the next meeting. They're also very visibly memorable. Remember, this is power networking, so you want to be remembered after the event. And of course, the elevator pitch will make you easy to find. Um, but even if there's people in the room who kind of have overheard, but they haven't had the chance to actually connect with you one to one, they might want to find you afterwards. So be both visibly memorable, but also easy to connect with. Um, 
I've always found that my business consultancy, just the name of it is very, very easy to find. So I would always put that into the mix um, because I know that if people put .co.uk after it, they can then find me. Everyone in the room remembers their pitch. Power networkers, everybody can remember their pitch. They know what that person stands for. They know what that person is looking for. They know the value that person can give. 